0: Hi podcast listeners, this is Gracie. First, I just want to thank you for listening. It's great to share in this conversation around self-care. We have a great episode coming up with relationship, sex, and intimacy coach, Dahlia Perez. I'm going to get to that in a moment, but first I wanted to let you know about a little opportunity that is available for those who are looking for more support in their self-care. I'm opening up the Beautiful Life Collective, which is this amazing community of women supporting each other and the kind of self-care that not only feeds us as individuals, but inspires deeper community care, a more proactive response to social justice initiatives, um, a more just embodied experience of relationships and life. (laughs) I can't say enough good things about it. What's different about the Beautiful Life Collective is it's, there's definitely a lot of tools and a lot of practices that are offered. I especially offer a lot of practices around Ayurveda and a lot around emotional intelligence and just feeling our emotions, which is so basic and so important and hard to grasp in this culture. But what really distinguishes this community is the conversation. And it's the, the not like, let's fix ourselves in a few weeks kind of mentality, but rather let's be in the questions with an amazing deep community of women who are all in those same questions and learning and growing from it. You can do the Beautiful Life Collective from anywhere in the world. It's mostly virtual. We have phone calls and gatherings in different ways. I I think that we should not just be staring at computer screens, but rather that there are other ways to connect with one another but it's available for anyone, anywhere. It's very affordable. This is the most affordable coaching program that I've ever made because I wanted to make something like that. The women who are involved are awesome, and it's only open for new members a few times a year. So you can sign up through the end of this week and learn more about it at my website, selfcarewithgracie.com. And now on to our podcast for today. So... Dahlia Perez is a sex and relationship coach in the Washington, D.C. area. She's passionate about helping people feel more liberated in their expression of sexuality. She's really done a lot of work on herself, which we talk about during the podcast, about having faced her own process around sexual shame and shutdown. And she has a lot of understanding and empathy with for individuals who experience low sex drive, disassociative behaviors, and or emotional overwhelm when engaging in sexual intimacy. Her relational approach incorporates mindful and body-based exercises that help clients deepen intimacy and transform challenging relationship dynamics. And she's really here to help her clients reconnect with their bodies so they can be more fully empowered in their interactions with others. Dahlia earned a master's degree in holistic coaching psychology excuse me holistic counseling psychology from JFK University and she is also a licensed somatica practitioner and attachment and experiential based modality of sex and relationship coaching. During our conversation we talk a lot about intimacy what it is the different levels of it what to do if we feel like we have too much of it in our lives we want more space what to do if we feel like we don't have enough of it in our lives we have more longing we speak about boundaries, which are just so important and so challenging for so many of us, myself included, and why we need them and why we need to articulate them to others if we're going to have healthy relationships. We speak about what what it means if we are not partnered in a romantic way, but how do we experience intimacy and relationships when we are single and how do we deal with that within a society that doesn't always honor the experience of being single speak about motherhood and how that has affected our relationship with intimacy and relationships with others, and so many more wonderful things. So I hope you enjoy this episode and all of the wisdom that Dahlia has to share with us. Hi, Dahlia. Thanks so much for being here on the podcast. Hi. Hi, Gracie. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk about your work because whenever I talk to somebody about self-care, really quickly, we start talking about relationships and intimacy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And when I heard that you were an intimacy and relationship uh, therapist and coach, I was like, you have to come on the podcast. This is great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was excited when you reached out and I, you know, I love a lot of these questions you sent out to me and I'm, I'm excited to
0: talk about them here with you. Wonderful. Well, the first of those questions is, I want to know more about your story and your journey to begin doing this kind of deep intimacy and relationship work and helping others do that work. Mm-hmm. So how did how did you get interested in that work? How did it start to happen? And mm-hmm. also because this is a podcast about self-care, I'd love to know just how self-care factored into your journey along the way.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, I got into this work because I was having my own challenges around intimacy um, in my 20s. And and that was showing up in the form of like having low desire. And that ended up really becoming an issue in a lot of my relationships in, in my 20s. Um, and so in my late 20s, early 30s, I started to see an intimacy and relationship coach um, and I was at a, I was in my graduate school years at this time and was training to become a regular marriage and family therapist. And so I was just at a point in my life where I was like, I can't turn away from this anymore. I have to really look towards this and see if I'm really, if I'm really like not a sexual person that's like, I believe I am, right. And I form this belief about myself. Um, And in that journey, working with an intimacy and relationship coach, a sex and relationship coach, it was super transformative for me. And, and I learned that I am a very sexual person and, you know, this belief I had formed about myself wasn't true. Um, But it was so transformative that I was like, I want to do this work to, to specialize. essentially self-care um, at, at its core. Um, because I was wondering if I am sec- I was a sexual being or not and intimacy and relationships and sex is such a core part of who we are as human beings and and sometimes how we relate you know with our partners. Um, and I wanted that to be healthy for me and I wanted it to be, I wanted to be able to enjoy that more, um, without feeling shame, without feeling like there was something wrong with me, um, or that I was broken. And, um, so it was inherently a, 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 an act of self care to, to approach this and look at it for me. Yeah.
0: I find your your story to be really interesting, and in that like your own healing was the healing that you started to do for other people. <laughs>
1: yeah, isn't it that way for a lot of people, though? <laughs> oh, a hundred
0: percent, it's totally that way for me. I like I felt so blocked in my life, and then I realized that if I just practiced self care, that it like I could I could go and change all these things about my life, and it was like self care was the thing that I was not doing that was making me mm. feel blocked, and it was so simple but so mm-hmm. hard for me to grasp. And then from there, I'm like, Oh, of course I'm going to teach other people about this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like that, that journey that we grow through that inspires us and then we want to help others that might be struggling with the same. And
0: yeah. I, th- I think what you're doing is so important too, because just societally, um, I think as you say, we're taught often that we're we're flawed in terms of how we feel about ourselves as human beings, as sexual beings. And mm-hmm. it's so often not the true story, but we need mm-hmm. to dig a few layers in. So I, I think it's um, it's powerful what you're doing. Mm, thank you, thank you. So let's talk more about intimacy. So um, I think we all know the term, we probably use it sometimes, but what, is, what does intimacy really mean? If from your experience, and what are the different types of it?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad you're asking that question because and, and when I, when I work with clients or when they approach me and they use the word intimacy, I ask them what they mean by that because it's like it's so used interchangeably and then, um, and so it's like, what are you talking about? Are you talking about emotional intimacy? Are you feeling emotionally connected? or not? Um, or are we talking about sexual intimacy or sensual intimacy? Um, so that's the way I tend to explore it, but also there's, um, intimacy can exist within differing types of relationships, right? So we have, we can have intimacy with our romantic partner. We can have intimacy with our children. We can have intimacy with our friends and the some of the ways that intimacy can overlap and there are ways in which it's different right depending on who we're in relationship to if that makes sense
0: yeah it makes it makes a lot of sense and, and it's funny, even when I wrote you the questions, uh, I wrote like, what is intimacy? What have you learned about intimacy and how has it helped you in your relationships? And, and you were like, well, just to clarify, what do you mean by intimacy? And yeah. it's like, I was like, I was just using it as one big umbrella term. But to even think that there are different ways that we can practice that feels helpful. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what have I learned about intimacy that's been helpful for me?
0: Yeah, and in your own journey around doing this work around intimacy and relationships and understanding Mm -hmm. yourself, was was there any aha moments around intimacy that really helped you?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, So as I mentioned before, I mean, I was struggling with, in the realm of like sexual intimacy. So in my personal story, like one of the big things, and there have been so many things, but for me. Right, that I can um, ask for what I want and what I need, and I don't have to show up in a particular way. That just who I am as a sexual being and and the things that I like is is enough. Um, but also, there was this piece, a really important piece that's helped in in tremendously in my relationships, has been learning how to like learning the road to reconnection, learning that like conflict is inherent in relationships and it will happen and we are imperfect beings and we can't like meet every single need for each other. And so how do we come back to connection from when we come to a place of conflict? And like that's been, that's something that I learned that's helped tremendously. Um, And it's something that I, I definitely teach and teach my clients as well
0: Um, we are we are taught this perfectionism in relationships and I I definitely grew up with it That like if you have a good relationship you shouldn't have any conflict a good Mm -hmm. relationship should be harmonious and wow did I suffer with that belief
1: yeah yeah how so
0: well, just that anytime I did have a conflict or feel anger in a relationship that I felt like I had done something wrong or that I, mm-hmm. I was flawed, that I felt a lot of shame around having emotions in relationships mm-hmm. or not being happy always with what the other person was giving me. And I felt mm-hmm. like to be good, quote marks around good, that I would just be, you know, okay with everything. And mm-hmm. that I think it damaged the intimacy in a lot of my relationships because I wasn't being honest yeah. I wasn't really able to hear other people's honesty. I um I shied away from conflict instead of directly addressing the things that needed to be addressed. And and I didn't I didn't really honor the opportunities that conflict was giving me to grow within relationship.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And to ultimately to when we move through that conflict it deepens our sense of intimacy. We usually feel closer. So we've been able to navigate it.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah and it's scary i feel like it's even now i mean my my current marriage i can't even believe i'm married but we mm-hmm. we fight about things and we have conflicts. and and um, my commitment to my husband is that i am gonna like bring it <laughs> like when i'm upset not bring it like in a super aggressive way but i'm gonna tell him when i'm upset about something and we're gonna work mm-hmm. with it and he's has that commitment to me and even in those moments i'm like even though i know we love each other even though i know we're committed to each other. When I feel this like anger, I, I it brings up all of my fears around abandonment and mm-hmm. um, that like, it just touches on some really deep stuff. So I understand why we avoid it, but yet yeah. it's like the bravery of just leaning into it. That has felt so transformative for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. It, we are inherently like you say, there's so many fears around um, speaking our truth, right? Or speaking what might be real because for so many reasons, right? Like for, for some, it might be, I'm afraid of being abandoned. For others, it's, I'm afraid of disappointing someone or they'll be upset with me and disappointed. And, and we haven't had a good modeling around this. No one's like, I mean, most of us haven't. Most people. There are some very rare, rare birds that have gotten like really great modeled, modeling from their parents, but most people haven't, and and we haven't learned that how to that we can actually hold and communicate our boundaries lovingly, right? That we can have our boundaries and communicate our needs and 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 to like ho- how to hold disappointment when it does show up right um and there's all this other yeah Anyways, i'll just stop there
0: <laughs> well let's keep going with boundaries because i mm-hmm. i know i struggle with setting boundaries i think every client i've ever talked to has talked about struggling to set boundaries so why are boundaries so important in relationships and if they are so important why do we have such a hard time establishing them
1: yeah yeah um Boundaries are so essential for a healthy relationship. I feel like boundaries and communication can kind of interchange sometimes, right? Like they overlap, right? So sometimes it's a communication around boundaries, and sometimes it's just in communicating what's a need or a want or what's, um, yeah. Um, but boundaries, why are they so hard? for some of the very reasons like we both have just spoke to, right? Like um, we were afraid of disappointing someone else. We are, there's like inherent, like deeper fears, maybe around abandonment. Um, There's also so much like messaging that we've received, especially as women to people, please to not muddy the waters um, to keep the peace, right? And so, I think that setting a boundary can feel like, well, oh, what you know, how are they going to take this? What the how's the receiver gonna feel about it? It might muddy the water, so it like brings up all this, um, um ways that we've been it's contrary to all these ways and messages that we've received, um, of how to be as women.
0: Um, um, yeah. Well, and it feels like the the revolutionary thing to do, especially if this is like thing that we've been taught as women in particular which I know men that struggle with boundaries too absolutely but yet is, is just a group feels like all women I talk to are like I have this thing I want I feel selfish to say it and so I don't mm-hmm. say it and then I get resentful afterwards the mm-hmm. term I have learned is exploding doormat which really resonated with me
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah but to to feel the discomfort and to set the boundaries anyways uh feels really revolutionary not just for ourselves as individuals which it is indeed but also like this is how we change how we move as women in the world is by establishing the boundaries and setting them and Mm -hmm. I mean there are moments in life where I think we get pushed back from the forces that be even when we set the boundaries but I I find so often it's like we don't even start the journey to set the boundary
1: yeah 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 I mean it's, it's it's not easy Um, and it takes practice. It's like, it's a skill and a practice to practice over and over. And it's easier. It's still really hard for me. You know, it's still really hard for me in my relationships. And I like, this is such an inherent part of my work and that I've done for myself, um, which I think just speaks to how deeply seated it is, um, that fear of disappointing or she you know mudding the waters or having someone be upset right um it probably shows up a little differently for each of us like at the root what's at the root of like what causes the fear around setting the boundary but yeah this is really deep stuff that we are working with when we when we're trying to do that
0: yes yes Mm -hmm. and i i still struggle with practicing self-care like just because I teach it Mm -hmm. to other people it's like I I I think that there's some levels of mastery that when we're really really in it we have to like get get into the minutia of it and fine-tune ourselves but I think just working with that core wound over and over again it it just it's um it really does provide a lot of fruition it's interesting to Mm -hmm. to be a healer and kind of always be working on healing yourself in the same way
1: I think it, I think it's lifelong work. Yeah, you know. And I, <laughs> I think anyone that tell the kind of says like, "I'm a master and I've like got it all together," is, I get suspicious. I get suspicious.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like unfollow all these people these days. I'm like, I can't hear that. I need to like just be with someone who's in it. <laughs> And who, who can, human, like, you know, sur- come to the surface and be like, human. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I want human beings who are just, like, have integrity doing their work. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So, so
1: why are they important? I mean, I, I, you spoke to it a moment ago, just how, like, the thing that I've seen mostly with my clients and that I witness within myself as well that when I don't set my boundaries or I don't speak my truth or my need, that I get resentful. Like, inherently, it just, like, builds and builds, and then I just get angry. Um, So I think they're just essentially important for the whole ecosystem within yourself and within your partnership um, for it to be healthy, that we have to be able to our boundaries and our truth and and it also I think it keeps things clear like it also keeps other people from having to guess what's going on or what your boundaries are what your needs are like um when we know what the boundaries are then we know where we can play right we know where we can't and where we should what we should be doing or shouldn't and it just really clarifies everything and doesn't leave people having to make guesses for us.
0: So it sounds like setting and communicating boundaries is very important for strengthening communication. Are, are there other ways to strengthen communications and relationships?
1: Um, aside from speaking boundaries and speaking our truth,
0: yeah, I mean um, that alone, I know is pretty transformational. But I'm curious if there are other yeah. other ways you work with people about strengthening their communication.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, I talk with people a lot about empathy and how to how can we like acknowledge each other's experience around when we're communicating. Um, so it's being able to hear what our partner's saying and like put ourselves in their their shoes and acknowledge acknowledge their experience and I think that's so important because I mean I think a lot of people just want to know like am I crazy here like can you understand where I'm coming from or am I just like making this up you know and and we want to feel heard right and what I often see within my clients is that they'll jump to logistics too quickly like okay well what should we do next time or how do we not do this when they haven't actually like slowed down to really acknowledge each other's feelings enough um and when we skip over that then it just it becomes it we can easily get re-triggered right it's not it doesn't actually get resolved um So there's that piece around empathy and I also really like to to be to to bring in the notion of like owning our part in something so like taking the taking a moment to be like yeah and the way that I like so this is also my part in and the way I contribute to it is this right so like let's say um let me try to think of an example, let's say I get triggered around something or upset, like owning my part in that would be saying, I have a sensitivity to this. And I know that I like that when that's not being met, that can get triggered pretty quickly. Um, So sometimes I I might be, you know, hypervigilant around this particular issue. and and I think that's also an inherent. It's a it's a really important piece when we're talking about coming back to resolution, um, because it's never just one person's part. There's always a dance between two people.
0: Um, yeah. I love the work of um, Bruce Tift. Do you know his work? I don't. I haven't
1: heard of him. No,
0: he's a relationship um, therapist. He's out of Boulder. He's from the Naropa school of things. And Mm -hmm. um, he talks a lot about intimacy and I I haven't followed his work too much, but he has this one teaching that just blew my mind about intimacy. And um, Mm -hmm. it's helped me so much, which is just that there's always going to be a part of you that wants it. And there's always going to be a part of you that doesn't want it once you have Mm it. Right. And that it's a dance. And so when you said that, I was like, it is, it's like, I think that we want to just fix it. And I think that that's what I wanted to do with myself is just like fix this thing that I would always want intimacy, never want to like pull away. Mm. And, and now like I, like it really helps me with my, my partner of just to be like, all right, I see him and I see him pulling away and like, you know what, that's okay. He's going to pull back in later and I'm going to pull away and I'm going to go back in later. And, um, but it is kind of letting go of this need to fix or resolve these dynamics.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was a huge thing that helped me feel relief, so much shame um, inside of myself and just kind of helped me understand the normalcy of that dance, of that dance between two people of connection and autonomy, of, like, needing connection but also needing our own space to ourselves Um, and that it's actually, like, like both are so essential, right? Like when you look at infants, um, even as little infants that you think, oh, they constantly need you. Like they actually also need space to themselves at times. Um, When we get overly or when they have too much, they can feel smothered, right? It's like, uh, and so there's just as an inherently in us, um, as human beings there is the stance between needing space and connection um, yeah and that just helped me feel so much more normal when I was like I was like okay good <laughs> this thing this need for space sometimes I yeah that makes sense um, and it's yeah it's something that I, I talk about a lot with my clients and and that I navigate a lot in my partnership um, and that is such a dance, because it's it's so rare that it's just showing up in in the right rhythm with one with each other. It's like usually one's needing more connection and the other one's needing more space. And so like how do we um, move back and forth between those?
0: Yes, yes. and I, I find it's particularly true. I know you and I are both the the mothers of young children. Mm -hmm. there are just moments where I've just mothered all day long and just had so much physical intimacy with my son of just literally carrying him around the house all day or chasing him in the playground and then he goes to bed and like I'm like I need some space
1: yes
0: (laughs) I need to like feel my body as my own body again and I can't just go right to my partner and want to cuddle Mm -hmm. I like I just and like learning to just honor that. I think we all have our limits and Mm -hmm. feels like the motherhood stage. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it, but it just feels like there's a lot of intimacy built into this experience.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you are like tooting my horn right now. I'm like, yes, that is (laughs) what I'm going through right now. Um, And yeah, it shows up and God, I don't know any couple where it doesn't show up, you know, that have children Um, and it's hard, it's hard. It's a hard dance Um, and it can be hard on the relationship, right? If we're talking about the relationship and yet so essential, right? Like when we, as mothers are constantly, you know, pouring our energy out and tending to another little human um, that it takes a lot of energy um, and that, that, that place to be able to like just connect with ourselves, right. To like refuel our own cup before we start uh, to give again to another relationship in our family, which might be our partner.
0: Yeah, I'm hearing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it, <laughs> it, it, and it's like, again, we can, I don't know how to solve that dynamic. I don't think it needs to be solved, but communicating around it is important. So it's, it's letting my partner know, okay, like, it's not that I don't want to, like, cuddle right now. Mm-hmm. And I just need space until I can kind of, like, get my nervous system, calm down, reconnect to myself. And then really when I get that, I do want, want to go to him and be mm-hmm. affectionate. So yeah. it's, I think it's so easy to take things personally when we're not communicating like what's really there, but that that also yeah. feels like it takes a lot of self-awareness to just understand instead of being like, eh, get off of me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, I've, I'm like currently navigating this with my partner and, and I was able to find the words of like, it's not that I don't want you. It's that I need, I need to have some time for myself. Like I need Dahlia needs, to find Dahlia for a bit before before I can connect with you. And there was something about that languaging that helped helped it soften for him, helped him understand. Um, yeah. Oh.
0: Well, well, this brings us to this this part I really want to talk about, about how tending to our relationship with ourselves helps us to tend to our relationships with others. And And I really want to speak, too, about the people out there that are not in romantic relationships, because I know other listeners out there who are either chosen that they don't want to be in romantic relationships or not finding the right person or just on a break. And I think it can feel a little isolating sometimes to have a conversation about intimacy and interpersonal communication. So love to hear your thoughts about how how that relationship with self can help strengthen relationships with others and how do we find that intimacy when we're not actively inviting somebody else into that sphere Mm
1: -hmm. Mm um this it's it's interesting that you bring this up i feel like i feel like for most of my life i was looking to find a relationship with someone else, right? Like that's so ingrained in us from such a young age, you know, I mean, you know, we're watching Cinderella or watching all these like movies that say like someone's supposed to sweep you off your feet and be, you know, your savior and you'll live happily ever after. Um, And so I think that inherently there was, this seeking for for someone to like kind of for that other to make me happy I think it was unconsciously happening and and I really had to I finally like after I've been doing personal work for so long but a big segment of my personal growth work was around learning to love myself right? it was around like learning how to enjoy my own company um and and beyond enjoying my own company but really being able to like feel full and and feel like complete in life with myself like not needing to seek that outside of myself um and 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 i spent a quite a few years, like really cultivating that and exploring that and taking myself out on dates and learning how to like, just be out in the world and, and enjoy myself. Um, and kind of love all my parts and all my imperfections and to like, see that I am lovable as I am. Um, and I feel like that changed so much, just how I related to others, like that I was in relationship to others, because it felt like I was coming then from a place of not needing anything really from someone else, not that like, but not from that um, self-reliant place, which can be another, uh, which can be, a, it's a, that can be another strategy, but just actually from like a grounded place. Um, and I think that was an essential piece in how people felt in relationship to me as well, right? Like energetically, like I'm not like leaning in too much or, um, feeling empty inside, but really feeling like full and, and seated inside of myself. I don't know if that makes any sense what i'm speaking to
0: but... yeah yes i totally relate there mm-hmm. there have been a few times of my life where I, I had just long periods of being single and really not happy about it mm-hmm. and really knowing that the way that i could change it was to be happy about it and not knowing how to do that like kind of saying on the surface like no i'm happy but i wasn't because mm-hmm. i still had these stories going on under the surface but then yeah. particularly you know about. Three years ago I just I realized that I was getting into my 30s I might not meet that person and I had to sit with that question of like well if I don't am I just gonna spend the rest of my life not being happy or yeah. what are yeah. the actions I could take for myself and it was you know some of it was just not not so dramatic um, some of it was like I want to go to Mexico City by myself and I did and it was amazing yeah <laughs> but it was really just a trip for myself and, yeah. and some of it was me just, you know, really getting my apartment the way that I wanted it and investing more in my friendships, making experiences the way that I wanted them to be. And it was it was the end, I think, of a long journey of getting there around self-care. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I really got to the place where I had this, this vision for life where I was like, I'm excited about being single and what it would mean to like, I wanted to have a baby by myself and raise the baby in community with friends. And I had a whole vision
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> and I was excited about I was speaking it. Speaking my same language. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We and they're all
1: very similar things. Mm hmm.
0: And then I met Michael like a month later. I already knew him, but we went on a date a month later. And I was so not like, oh, this date is not going to go anywhere. And, and why am I taking time out of my schedule? And then it was great, you know, and the rest is history. But it's, it's like I couldn't have faked it. And I'm not saying that the way to meet somebody is to get happy with yourself. But I'm saying that there's just a the magic to that, that radical self-acceptance and that vision of life as yourself without anyone Mm -hmm. else that just feels like it unlocks whatever it is we're looking for, be it like a single life or a partnered life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And, and it's, you know, as you were speaking, I was like, wow, that's so funny because it was a very similar thing for me where I was like, okay, I've been looking for my partner for, you know, the last 15 years and I'm feeling the biological clock. Okay. And and what? And what? And so and so, what if I don't meet anyone? Like, do I still want to have a child on my own? Do I, can I be happy with myself? And it was asking myself those questions that led me to learn to be happy with myself um, and not be seeking that, as I said before. Um, yeah, and shortly after that, I met Josh also. Where yeah. Josh and I fell in love. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, for, for those people out there who are like, you know, maybe that person is not there in their life yet. And, and something I hear from my friends that are single is that especially when people start to partner off and have children, it just gets a little bit lonelier. it's harder to feel connected when the, the intimacy that our society condones is like this partnered family intimacy. Mm-hmm. but are, is there specific self-care to help feel connected when the romantic relationship isn't happening and, and you want to feel this like vitally a part of life and relationships
1: mm-hmm. um you know i i would see if people can still find connection even with those friends that are partnered right or with friends that are not um there's like this kind of, I think, an assumption, a blind assumption that happens that, you know, suddenly like our lives are so different and um, can't we can't have a connection? And we don't relate to each other or or what whatever the the stories are. But um, I still really think, you know. Wait, you cut um, out there.
0: What what did you just say? So.
1: I said, I still really feel that we all need each other, you know, whether you're partnered or single, like we all are still really in need of, um, the tribe, right? Like, um, I like, I really like that notion. It's, it's a core value of mine. Is like, how do we, how do we cultivate our relationships? Um, in this, in this tribe feeling, right? Like intergenerationally and also through different phases of life, like whether we are partnered or not partnered and still cultivate those relationships and connections. Um, because I can promise you that even <laughs> that I still very much need my relationships in my life, even though I'm partnered. And, and I think, you know, many people feel that way, whether you're single or partnered, how much we need each other. Um, but also that piece around cultivating that connection to ourselves, um, is, is just like, I think a lifelong, it's like a gift that you will always have is like, can I, when I can enjoy my own company and, and feel full in this. Yeah.
0: I love all of that. I, I really love that, that. Universal need for tribe mm-hmm. that extends so far beyond the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. Nobody told me that it's going to be boring to like be in a just <laughs> dual partner <laughs> household. Like it's it's lovely. I'm not complaining. But just for anyone out there who thinks like, oh, once you get in that partnership, then all of your intimacy needs are going to get met. No way. No, no. way. <laughs> yeah.
1: No way. Yeah. yeah. We need. I mean. You know I think the notion that diversity is helps ecosystems is like kind of like this known notion right like bio like on the planet to so like within plants and all of that but I think that's also can extend to the human ecosystem right like we need more than just our partner and our nuclear family we need um, we need our friends. We need, it's just nice to have other people around and, um, shake it up, not be in those same dynamics all the time. Yes.
0: And I think we, until we say this stuff out loud, we just, we rely so much on our assumptions about like, in the movies that we watch that we are complete when we meet that person. And we don't talk enough about what it means to be in relationship and the ups and downs of that, or what it means to be single and the ups and downs of that. So mm-hmm. I just love the conversation and being able to talk about like the nuance of experience. Yeah. 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 So this has been a wonderful conversation and I'm going to, I'm going to ask you the question I always ask to my guests because this is a self-care podcast and so much of what we've talked about is just self-care and relates back to self-care. But what is, what is this definition of self-care mean for you today?
1: Um, I you know, I feel like, it inherently comes down to the question of like, what am I needing right now? You know, and and that shows up whether that's like time, whether that's space, whether that's um, space to myself, whether that's connection um, or even like moment to moment, right? Like I'm an intimacy and relationship coach. So this is a notion that I talk about with my clients all the time is like, what am I needing in this very moment? It might be different than it was yesterday, right? Even if it's in sexually. Um, so for me, self-care is kind of like rooting down to checking into that question on a day-to-day basis. Like, what am I needing that will help me feel more imbalanced or help me feel more ease inside of myself or more joy or more erotic whatever (laughs)
0: yes i love it self-awareness is so powerful (laughs)
1: yeah yeah
0: and it really is just as simple as like slowing down and asking yourself that question Mm -hmm. Mm (laughs) well dahlia it's been great to have you here for those who are listening to this podcast uh what are how can they stay in touch with your work and potentially work with you
1: People can visit my website is Dahlia, D-A-L-I-A, dash Perez, P R E Z dot com. So Dahlia, dot com. Um, or you can email me directly at DahliaTherapy at gmail.com.
0: Wonderful. And um, you're specific to the DC area. Do you work with clients who are not in the DC area?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I do work with clients. Uh, over Zoom, I use the platform of Zoom, but I do do video sessions as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast and you're like, wow, Dahlia has some wisdom that I could use, get in touch and book a session. And and I think I heard so many great things in what you said, but really your journey of like investing in that for yourself and doing the work for yourself not only unlocked a whole new journey of life for you, but it, it sounds like it's really helped a lot of people along the way.
1: Mm, thank you. Yeah,
0: yeah. Thank you. Wonderful. All right. Well, thanks so much for being here. It's wonderful to have this conversation. And for those of you who are listening, take some time to think about intimacy. Like where, what have you learned about intimacy that's helpful? What have you learned that maybe is not so helpful? What are the ways that you have watched your relationships transform through setting boundaries? How does that, how does self-care help you do that? And how is doing that a form of self-care? And then I, I love where we left it about just like, how do we cultivate that relationship with ourself so we can be in relationship with others, be it romantic partners, children, community, all of that. So this is good stuff to think about.
1: Thanks for having me, Gracie. And yeah, I love what you're creating here.
0: Oh, my pleasure. All right. Bye, everybody.